Okay, so uh, beyond this podcast, you guys know that I'm also a teacher. I teach about geography and environmental and economic issues are very important to me. And so I actually have a startup. It's uh, like an Uber for everything or an Airbnb for everything. So on Airbnb, you could rent out your house. Well, on Renta, you could rent out any good service or space. So if you have a wet vac or a pressure washer that you're not really using all the time, rent it out. Or if you are a jujitsu black belt and you offer private lessons, you could rent that out at any price. Or if you have gym space, you could rent that out. Or if you're a nutritionist on the side. The idea is I wanted to help freelancers make money and you keep 100% of everything that you ask for. And uh, the idea is to reduce consumption and keep money local. You could also look at it as uh, the next generation of Craigslist. And so if you like the podcast and you kind of trust me, I would love if you check out the app and download it. If I become rich, we could just keep making fight content all the time. So uh, give it a look. Renta, that's R-E-N-T-A-H.com. Welcome to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast with your hosts, Arturo and Anu. All right. So we are on the heels of UFC 266. What'd you think of it? I really liked it. I mean, there's parts of it that disappointed me. Oh, okay. Nick Diaz losing. Like, it wasn't like I was disappointed because of the UFC like it was just like oh some of the people I was rooting for gotcha and like I don't know maybe I'm just feeling sensitive nowadays so I was like oh Laura Murphy didn't have a chance like poor girl you know like so gotcha. it's just like little things like that but I thought it was a it was a great card it was great fights mm-hmm. a lot of intensity mm-hmm. ah you want to tackle this from the main event backwards or you want to go like the order yeah I guess let's do main event backwards since you brought okay. me since you all right. So, well, I should say that I went 11 and 2 on this card. I like crushed predictions on this card. Nice. Yeah. Volkanowski wasn't a surprise to me. Yeah, that that match was awesome though. I don't I don't know anyone that's not saying that. I thought it was really interesting because generally if a match is like a 50-45, mm-hmm. most people do not consider it a good fight. So, right. in some ways that was maybe the greatest 50-45 fight ever. Okay, so I do disagree that it was 50-45. What would you have graded it? Uh, I think one judge did what forty eight, forty six, or something. No, I think one. I think the closest was forty nine, forty six. I would have went that route then. Okay, yeah, but still, it was it was decisive on the cards, but it felt so much closer because of all of Ortega's sub attempts. Like, that's a, that's exactly what I was predicting. I'm like, all right, if this fight gets close to a finish, it's going to be Ortega with like a guillotine or something, right? Like that's what he does. Mm-hmm. But I was like, otherwise, you know, Volk will get a decision. That was like my whole attitude. And then, but, but the fact that like Ortega had like multiple guillotines getting in the mouth, the triangle attempt, and all of them were pretty deep. There was even like a Darce that you're like, oh, that, that, could, that could manifest into something. Pretty nut. The Darce is what gave me the most amount of respect for Ortega because that was in the fourth round yes. after he burned himself in the third round. Yep. And he was still going for subs and Dude. still attacking. Like, I don't think you can see. He wasn't like paying attention to the ref and stuff. It was weird. I think he was concussed and like his that face too. was destroyed. Like Ortega's like fight with Max Holloway and now this fight with Volkanovski, I feel like must. It's like three years of wear and tear and just two fights. Like it was like brutal fighting. And I don't know if Ortega just wears it on his face 
or if he just got fucked up. But like he has so much heart, he doesn't quit. Even in the Max Holloway fight, they stopped it in between rounds. Like he right. didn't get knocked out. He just kept going. And I kind of think Ortega won the fifth round. I agree. He looked kind of scary, like a little Terminator. And it was just like I agree. I thought there was a second where like because at in the Max Holloway fight. You could see Henry Gracie kind of bring the doctor over and basically be like, yo, stop this fight. You know, and I felt like they kind of maybe were about to do that this one, but then I felt like they were like, who knows the next chance Ortega get, has at a championship? You know? Yeah. So like let's yeah, it's really crazy put- that like his only two losses, he got like smoked. But yeah, he did get smoked, but he didn't give up. Oh yeah. Most props to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is he just a gatekeeper now? I think the first two rounds were super close. Maybe the edge goes to Volkanovski, but they were, it was good battles, like really good striking exchanges. And then in the third, it was kind of close again. And then Ortega gets him to the ground and just dives from a strike, dives for his neck. And that looked like the deepest mounted guillotine I've ever seen. At first, yeah, initially it was. And then Ortega said, uh, Volkanovsky said in the interview when they asked him how deep was that guillotine, he said, I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to lose my belt. Or like, I, I'm, almost, I'm about to lose my belt, maybe. And like, I felt like that was a certain level of honesty. And the way he fought out of that, like, it looked like there was no technique. It felt like he was just kicking and grinding and praying and just like, I'm not going to tap. I'm not going to tap. And it just... I, I mean, he, he was moving his bodies in the right ways to find space. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, from my non-expert view, it was just, like, instinct. And he's yeah, like, I got I, I to gotta just get out. And I feel like if Ortega gets that in the second round, and he's a little bit stronger, a little bit fresher, a little bit less sweaty, he might get that finish. And, and then immediately, Volkanovski starts grounding, pounding him, and then Ortega gets a dope triangle. And then, like, he's still looking at him. And, like, Volkanovski just fights out of that barely, too. And then scrounds and pounds him again. And then in the fourth, you get the Dars, which was kind of close. But by then, like, that was yeah. all heart. So here's the thing. Here. If you think he got a concussion, his post-fight speech was really clear. It had a good message. Like, I'm like, ah, oh, maybe he didn't get concussed. But it was weird because he, like, wasn't looking at the ref a lot, even though the ref was talking to him about his eyes. It's weird. I think if you're, it's, I think it's like similar to if you're drunk. Like if you're drunk, you could get in the zone for a minute. You know, a cop talks to you and says, "Hey, what's going on?" You could like fake it a little bit. And Maybe, I'm not saying I like, I don't think like he was dumb. I think he was just like, I don't know. I was just feeling for Ortega and seeing somebody get beat that, like, just taking so much punishment. It's a little like sometimes I want the team to throw the towel in, but honestly, this time I wouldn't have because. Who knows the next time he's going to get a chance at fighting for Do you think he gets back to it? Yes, but I think it takes like a few years now, especially with how deep 145 is. Do you think like, he can win it? Of course. I feel like he, okay. he came within a few seconds of tapping Volk. Like, you know, like he had a victory. Like he had multiple opportunities. Victory, and I think he won the fifth round. And for people that listen, like I kind, even though. Yeah, you waited more. Yeah, I waited a little bit more, and I, I think there's something to that. So I, my respect for both fighters went up a lot. I wasn't, like, the biggest Volk mm. fan, like a lot of people. I think Volk, Volkanovski was probably the least respected of all the champions, except 
Aljamain Sterling, who's even mm-hmm. less respected. And so, but I think a lot of people felt the same way seeing this fight. They're like, all right, Volk is a great fighter. 100%. And I think yeah. as long as Max and Volk are in that division, I don't think Ortega's got a shot. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I also picked Volk on my, in my drafts, one of my guys. I would have went with Volkanovski for this too. Even though I love jujitsu, I feel like sometimes that stronger person. I remember after Max Volk won, I felt like this was a fight where strength is going to play a part. It's not just technique. I mean, I thought his stand-up technique was way better than Ortega's. Yeah, that too. But I feel like his technique with the subs was his strength. Oh. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, he's so strong where he was just, like, able to withhold and last and then fight out of it. I was surprised when I saw polls, a lot of polls, that people were close to 50-50 on Ortega versus Volk. People were very split on that. And for me, I, I had no question it was Volk. I think that's like a popularity thing, though. I think people don't like Volk. And Maybe. I think people like Ortega. Maybe it's like the Mexican angle, like the LA angle. Henry Gracie Maybe. is so big on social media. You know, like I think people maybe associate. He's young. Yeah. Oh, you want to talk on the women's flight weight, Comain? Yeah, Valentina just seems like the only person I could beat her is Amanda. You know, <laughs> like it's kind of mm-hmm. like a little boring, but it's, she just dominates. Yeah, I was kind of saying to Darlene while watching the fight, I'm, a, I'm like, Lauren Murphy's really tough and like she's hard to finish. So I just think you're going to see a five round, like just whooping from Valentina. And um, even Darlene was like, wow, she's a lot bigger than Valentina. Yeah, yeah, she's big. She's durable. It's going to be a great time to showcase her talent, especially over five rounds. But Valentina ends up finishing her, which was like, that's even crazier. I didn't even expect that. And I know was, Valentina's great, you know? It was in the fourth, correct? Yes. So she gave a good effort. Correct. Yeah, she lasted a long time, took a lot of punishment. Yep. Yeah, it's like, oh. Is a little bit brutal, but I feel like she's got to lift her head up high. Lauren Murphy, like knowing like she gave a great battle. She fought for the championship, you know, like, but yeah, her story is pretty crazy too. She just got into jujitsu because her, she made her son do jujitsu. Like she just signed up her son for jujitsu. And then after he did it for a little while, I think they just invited her to like, oh, you should do this too. I don't know. as almost like a means of like protecting her son or something. And then she was like really good at it early on. And they were like, yeah, you can be something in this. And it, she took off. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of really? cool. Yeah. That is awesome. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think tomorrow my girlfriend might do her first jujitsu class. Oh my God. Big moment. I know. She's a very soft, delicate creature. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how okay. she's going to react to uh-huh. it. But like, that'd be cool if she was like a little like Lauren Murphy and, and took to it. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like jujitsu is, I think it's just like, I don't know. I always liked the, the soccer girls in school because mm-hmm. I felt like the soccer girls were like athletic and fit, but like also like a little bit badass. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the jujitsu girls like represent like that same thing, you know, mm-hmm. like, I, and, and I, like why go, why go to the gym and like run on a treadmill and like hate yourself a little, you know what I mean? When mm-hmm. you go to jujitsu and like make friends and have like a way better workout in half the time, you know, and, and, and like learn, learn something. Skill. You learn about exactly. body leverage yourself, humility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So for sure. Right, I like that Lauren Murphy story. I'm going to like look. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a fan, a uh, but Valentina is a whole nother level too. 
yeah plus she knows like seven languages and dances and stuff like sometimes it's like a little annoying like all right somebody beat her already you know like she, <laughs> she's too happy mm-hmm. do you think mm-hmm. you when you were younger did you and even now were you somebody that rooted for the favorites or rooted for the underdog oh usually the underdog yeah right like eventually sometimes it's like fuck you like i want you to lose already you know like you're too good. yeah give somebody else a chance I'm feeling that way a little bit about the girls' divisions. Like Amanda just dominates too much, and Valentina dominates too much. Like it makes it seem sometimes a little less interesting. Like who's going to be the competitive force? Yeah, right my gripe with other- Amanda is that she doesn't fight. She doesn't defend her titles. But like, who's there to, to defend against that she hasn't beaten yet? Then hasn't kill the division. Like, then ever? oh, kill. Okay, you're saying kill it now yeah. that she's beaten everybody. Yeah, if, if you think like there's no one in the weight class that can touch her, kill the division. I don't think you should do that. I think you fight them again. Yeah, you fight them again. Or yeah. the UFC should Adesanya is fighting Whitaker again, right? Like you go through those guys again then. Yeah. yeah. Usman. Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody. Yep. I think, I, think, uh, I think it's also on the UFC, though, to get that Kayla Harrison. Make sure you're always trying to source new talent. Good luck. Yeah. You know, like try to get as much new talent in there as possible to at least like make it interesting. Like mm-hmm. when she fought Megan Anderson, like nobody knew who Megan Anderson was, but and everybody assumed Amanda was going to win anyway. But at least you could hype up a new story. She is a big, tall woman that like looks physically intimidating compared to Amanda. So mm-hmm. it would it like it made it like uh, intriguing. Like I cared about it. And so like mm-hmm. at least use the propaganda, you know, instead of maybe it's on both of them, I would say. But I think yeah. the UFC needs to start sourcing like some more talent, like if they want to be hyping that division up. And we'll see. And it's I'm tough. sure women's that, divisions are real, real thin. So we'll see. Yeah, maybe make some deals with like Invicta and Bellator, and you know, like not like trades, but like do some stuff. You got to be like a little bit more creative. I think it would be nice to see that. I think Kayla Harrison is like real. And Clarissa Shields, I guess, if Clarissa starts getting a little bit better. She's be, got like, some exciting. ways to go, but. Kayla yeah. Harrison's for real, yeah. That would be exciting. But Kayla trains with Amanda Nunes, which like annoys me. So it's like, come on. Um, all right, let's go to the middleweight fight. Your boy. So this was this was the people's main event, I think. I think like most yes. people were most excited about this fight than any other fight. Mm-hmm. And there were moments in the fight where I was like, fuck, this is awesome. Like a good Nick Diaz is so good for the sport. Yeah. Actually, I was really worried about the fight. I, I said it before. I'm like, I'm really scared for Nick. I, think I don't Nick think he's did... in a condition to fight. I don't know. But yeah, in, within the first 30 seconds, I was like, oh, no, he's good. Well, no. Okay, so th- the very first thing he did was a spinning, flying hook kick. Yeah. That was, that was like going at a quarter of the speed of a normal. It looked like a drunk yeah. guy. Okay, doing... so he looked really slow. The so first slow. little bit, the first few strikes, but then I think once he got hit, once he understood like the timing and the speed of the fight, it got better. He it did get better, but he did yeah. look so much slower, but it was still connecting. And Robbie's head was turning red, and it mm-hmm. looked like the first fight where Robbie came out like a fucking bull and was attacking Nick. And Nick is yep. just kind of like, All right, I'm gonna put my shell up and I'm gonna block everything. And then Nick was doing his pitter-patter, and in three rounds, he threw something like 380 punches and connected on more than half of them. It was like vintage yeah. Nick Diaz punching. But it is crazy how many like punches he throws. Dad bod. 
he throws so many punches. They're not very hard, which is probably why he has great cardio because he's probably not putting much into them. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he's so accurate with his volume is crazy to me. Like, I think I saw him throw three punches with his left hand, but they were all different punches and they all land. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's just like such weird, like, yeah, it, it, it's always fun to watch Nick Diaz. He has a great chin, but I, I kind of always knew that Robbie was going to win that fight. That's another fight I gauged right. Um, yeah, I just, he was hitting too hard and, I don't know. How, how do you feel about the ending? Like Nick quit. I feel like, okay. So obviously Nick Diaz comes off a little bit like a dumbass when you hear him talk. And I think most people like hear him now and go, Oh my God, he's got brain damage and CTE. But then there's also old fans of his that I go, well, yeah, he sounds exactly the same though over the last 20 years. Like right. nothing has changed with him. So I don't know how to read it. He did say something that was interesting before the fight. He's like, I'm not going to talk shit. I don't want to do anything bad anymore because I teach kids. And he's like, I want to be a good influence for them. And I, I thought that was like very, I don't know, like different than his normal demeanor. It was totally there's different. A, there's a part of me that thinks, though, that he was hurt. And he just didn't want to say he was hurt. Because why else wouldn't he cut weight? Why did he look so unhealthy compared to the way he looked three months ago and i know it's like instagram filters like Mm -hmm. we talked about this Mm -hmm. but like it looked like a huge difference like way bigger than instagram filters and stuff and to be able to then not cut the weight and be like hey let's change it to 185 and the fact that robbie accepted that and when nick gets that many strikes off he wins Mm -hmm. and he usually outlasts the fighter and the fact is like he was connecting he was doing everything right and then he just kind of broke down and he didn't get it. Like, I felt like there was, and he didn't say there was anything unhealthy. So maybe like he said, he's just not saying anything to be a good influence and not to look like a sore I, loser. I don't know. And I think in order to be Nick Diaz, he has to keep that. It's not a persona. It's who he was. Like even in his walkout, he was giving middle fingers and cursing. Like you could just sense the chip on his shoulder as soon as we would walk out. And as soon as he was walking out to this fight, I'm like, he don't seem like he want to be here. Well, he, he, he said before the fight, I don't like fighting. And he said that always, all the time. I don't like fighting. <laughs> and they're like, why do you? That's why not are the you old Nick that? Diaz. Yeah, the old Nick Diaz would be like, that's all I want to do is fight. No, no. But no, even the old, if you look at the old videos of him in interviews, he'll be like, I don't want to do this. And they'll ask him, why do you do it? And he goes, I'm good at it. Like, it's like a weird. I saw the Diaz. I remember the Nick Diaz. I remember would always be like, I'll fight him. I don't even care if I'm getting paid. I like to fight. I'm born fighting. I've been fighting. I'm always going to fight. So we're saying the same thing, Arturo, though. He says all those things, too. But then he also goes, but I don't want to fight. And I don't like fighting. And he goes, I get scared. And he goes, if nobody says they're scared, then they're lying. And and he's said before he regrets even getting Nate into the sport because it's a brutal sport. But then they also go ninja shit, gangster shit, you know? Mm. So, like, I just feel like they have this weird... I think that honesty is also why people like them. Like, you know, like they're like a little vulnerable, but I think also they come off stupid too. Cause sometimes it sounds very contradictory. Yeah. I mean, I just like them cause they go all out in their fights and they do go all out, which makes me think he might've been hurt or something because he just didn't get up, which was always just older. He's grown up more. It doesn't mean as much to him. Yeah. That's I think that's what it is. But then why, and he, he was even saying, though, which like gives some CTE credence, like 
He was like, I don't even know why I ended up in this fight. Like, I don't even know why my manager picked Robbie. Yeah, I know. He said all like, these things. That's what I'm saying. It's like he didn't even want to be there. That, that's how I knew, like, all right, this isn't going to go down well. But how do you not know what your manager's doing? Like, I don't understand. Like, do you desperately need the money? That's what I'm thinking. He, but he didn't say either. I know we're just making, like, pseudo analysis. But he also didn't retire either. He kind of made it seem like, yeah, I'm going to fight again. And so he did say before the fight that if he loses, he'd like to fight even sooner again. So I'm feeling like I don't understand was, that either. And as soon as you invite that type of talk too, it's like, oh, if I lose this one, then we're just going to come back even sooner. Like I wouldn't even been thinking about losing. It makes me think there's there was an injury or something because I feel like I feel like he was ready in some regards. He didn't look bad. He looked physically bad, but the way he fought was old Nick Diaz. Yeah. Uh, and he connected and he old like, Nick Diaz wouldn't have given up. That's what I'm saying though. So I feel like maybe he's hurt. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just also a fanboy and I want to like do wishful thinking. Like, I think that's hurt. part of it. I, I just think he's grown up. He's older. He doesn't care as much about it. Like that that will that fire the fire burns out a little bit. Yeah. If he's yeah. got skills for sure. And if so he wants to commit to he can, but I don't think he wants to. Yeah. All the more props to Robbie, though. Robbie was throwing hard. Robbie was looking good himself. Dealt with a bunch of volume. Yeah. I, I kind of felt bad for Robbie. The whole time. I kind of felt ro- bad for Robbie, too, because like when DC was interviewing him, he was like, how does it feel to be fighting Nick Diaz? Like, you know what I mean? It was still about I Nick know. Diaz, even though. And part dude. of me was like, ask Robbie about just Robbie's shit that he wants. But Robbie being like a cool dude was like, Yo, I always respected Nick and like, I don't know, it was like, it was sweet. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like even Robbie was happy that Nick was back. He's like one of those fan favorites. This is why like DC, Rogan, everyone loves them. But like, I love them too when they're not commentating. It just, they're so biased. I felt as though, yeah, there was a lot of bias yesterday, especially so in the main event. Much. When they're like questioning what the fighter does, like, oh, I don't like that advice, this or that, like. Do you hear any other sport where a commentator would say that? Like a yeah, commentator I mean, would be a commentator would be like, oh, look out for this because they're doing this. This other team likes to do this. They're not going to be like, oh, this team's got a real bad strategy going into this one. Watch. The, you know what I mean? Like you're not going to find that. But with UFC commentators, you find that a lot. I don't, I don't know, know what he's doing. Like, oh, as, man. as a New York Giant fan, I've heard plenty of announcers talk shit about my team. So I feel like <laughs> I feel like it, maybe it's just like if your team sucks, then they're not going to go. I felt as though they were biased in the main event because anytime Ortega did something, they were like, oh. yeah. like, I felt like they were really hyping up Ortega way more than Volk. Yep. And I just felt like a little bit like eh, this is way more 50-50 than you're leading on. Yeah. I don't know if they're trying to do it, but I think I it's like easier it. to be biased. I think it's easier to be biased in the UFC because training with certain teams is so important, you know? I guess. I don't know. Like, my favorite guy is Dominic Cruz. I never feel that way with when he, when he announces. And he's still actively, well, if, well, I guess you can consider it actively fighting. I mean, he's got alliances with certain fighters and stuff, but I feel like he has the least bias. I feel like Dominic Cruz, though, is one of those dudes that's like ultra professional, though. Like, and he's like always like, get him in like, more. He's like, you need more people like him then. Mm-hmm. But I, I also feel like 
part of the reason some people might not like Dominic Cruz is because he's ultra professional where they like that DC is like the dad, right. and like, you know, like, so sometimes so that that's what I mean in terms help. of like yeah. personality versus commentating. I'm like, yo, yeah, DC is amazing. I'll watch any video where DC is just talking or commentating. I'm out. Yeah. DC needs somebody good. I don't know if you would watch the ESPN when they would do the MMA stuff when it was like Ariel Helwani in DC. Yeah. Like love it. I, I felt like Ariel Helwani in DC and Ariel Helwani and Chael Sonnen were such great shows because mm-hmm. you had the fighter and then you had the fan and they were able to like relate in a way. And Helwani was like a very good fan slash journalist and mm-hmm. DC was the fighter and then could give some insight, but also, yeah, just like commentary. And then now it's been like DC and Ryan Clark mm-hmm. and I don't, and Ryan Clark's like a football guy and like, I don't know, just missing something. You know, yeah. like I, I think you need that right mixture when it comes to like MMA. That's why I did like Rogan, Maybe. but I don't like Rogan. Rogan gets annoying too lately. Yeah. All right, let's keep let's keep running through some fights. So we got the heavyweight fight between Curtis Blades and Jarzino Rosenstruck. Did you see? I it? thought that I thought yeah. that was so interesting because that made me think of that whole debate of what's the most important part in determining who wins a fight, mm-hmm. and. If it's damage, then Rosenstruck should have won, even though it was only one punch or one knee. It was like one punch and one knee that he connected with the whole fight. Yeah. But he ruined the blades' face. Like he his did. entire left eye was like sealed shut, maybe more than I've ever seen. Yep. And blades didn't really hurt Rosenstruck at all, but he did get him to the ground and he did hit him a few times with some shots. A lot. Yeah, but the but the one shot that did the most damage was Rosenstrike's knee. Yes. And so like there's a part of me that was like if I wanted to be like a I don't know, like an activist judge, I would have given the fight to Rosenstrike. You know? yeah, there's no way I would have given the fight to Rosenstrike. I know. But... No, I'm just saying if damage is the most important, you know, like he yeah, damaged yeah. him way more than he got. Like, you know, Rosenstrike hurt blades more physically in terms of just like visible disfigurement. Yeah. I mean, definitely than did. what blades to Rosenstrike, you know? So like, I don't know what is the most important criteria when it comes to like winning a fight. Ex- I mean, exactly what the judges judge the criteria on. You're always going to judge like knockdowns the most takedowns will come after that. And then you'll have uh basically kind of like strike count time, time of control, and then everything else that people love to talk about, like octagon control, aggressiveness, those are the last things. That's if all those other things are tied up. But Blades wins. And I think the bigger questions from this match is not about like who won it, because I think it's very clear that Blades won it. Yeah. Um, I would say, what's the next step? Does Blades have another fight and then a title shot? Like, wh- he's up there. The heavyweight division is so... So you have Nganu, who's not fighting championship. You have Stipe, who's waiting to fight one of them. And then you have John Jones, who just got arrested again. I don't think he's going to ever fight again, but that's another story. Yeah, and I don't even know if he deserves to fight again. So, yeah, yeah where does Blades fall into this? I, I don't think Blades should rush back to fight a champ. He's had some brutal knockouts in his career. A couple, yeah. And like but- they mentioned yesterday, he's young. Give him yeah. some time to just keep getting a little bit better. He's young for the heavyweight division. He's he has all the tools to, to be a champ. Yeah, but he also, I don't think he has like that finishing spirit and that intimidating factor that like Derek Lewis has, who Derek yeah. Lewis knocked him I mean, out. He did lose Derek Lewis. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. He's interesting. I think he's like just a win or so away from a title shot again. And so it'll be interesting to see who he verses and how he does. Where Rosenstruck, I don't know where he goes. I feel like Rosenstruck is just going down. Yeah. Rosenstruck is 12 and three, but I feel like I just keep seeing him lose. Well, that's because he fought Nganu and now he fought Blades. Like, it's the thing, they're losing to the best. So, like, there's like, there's there's just like a big gap. I'd like yeah. to see Blades versus Stipe. That would be fun. But I think Stipe also is getting older where Stipe yep. wants to just get that automatic title shot. But I he think that would it. be like a very fun fight. I'd like to see Stipe fight somebody that most probably is not going to just knock him out. You know? And I think Stipe could definitely win that fight and then get a... He shouldn't Jones. have to. I, I'm with Stipe all the way. I've said it from the beginning. Stipe should get an immediate title shot. Rematch. I agree. Yeah, I agree. But he won't. Too, but the UFC is definitely, they're not big fans of Stipe for some reason. I feel like, why wouldn't you want Stipe? Like he, I feel like he'd be such a marketable champion. I don't know why they didn't market him so hard. Like, fire me. Like, yeah. you know, like yep. handsome, like family man. Like, how? Probably how because is that he's not older the at the end of his career and he's hard to understand. That's my best guesses. I, I think. The hard to understand maybe makes sense because the older they still promoted DC, you know, like they promote older fighters sometimes. Oh, but he's like, like the most charismatic guy there is. Yeah, but I just feel like Stipe is charismatic. How many people have you ever met that go, I don't like Stipe? If, That's true. If they gave him a better microphone, like, you know, like a voice. Yeah, but they like him not because he's charismatic. They like him because he's like, you know, he's hard worker. You know what I mean? Like he's still working full time as a firefighter. He's still like every speech he is like, he's just a hard worker. I just feel like that's so marketable though. Yeah, it is. I, I agree with you. Sometimes I think the UFC doesn't do it because they're like, we don't want to pay. Let's not even market him. And yeah. I feel like, or they just don't believe in him. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah. How do you not believe in the guy? The guy was one of the greatest heavyweight champions ever. That uh, Fabricio Verdum in Brazil. I was rooting for Verdum hard that fight. Cause I feel like if Verdum wins that fight, he goes down as potentially the goat. Of yeah, all you could probably still make a case for him, but yeah, you could make a case for him. But if he beats but that, Stipe, been that yeah. fight, that could have been he could have been goat, goat because he beats Fedor, he beats Cain Velasquez, and then he beats yeah. Stipe. Like those are like yeah, all oh, like legendary stuff. I mean, Verdum is still one of the greatest ever, but hundred percent. And Stipe beat him, and I think Stipe took a lot of that clown, you know, and then and then to beat DC as well, like yeah. All right, let's move on to women's flyweight. Jessica Andrade versus Cynthia Calvillo. Yeah, Andrade, I always just think of you with Andrade. Like, I know you love her, and she's just like a little tank beast. Yep, like, I bet on her all the time. She always gets good odds because no one really, I don't know, maybe just people just don't care. I don't know what it is about Andrade that people just, the odds are always good. Yep, you make a lot of money on Andrade. Yeah, maybe it's like short bias. or Yeah, uh, I don't know. Sean but Shirt, yeah, but she... She ran it through Cynthia, so that was impressive. And even the undercards, I didn't get a chance to see them, but oh, I saw, man. I saw okay. the reclips, and I was like, wow, these are like really good fighters on the undercard, too. Dude. Like, I feel like it was a low-key, great event. It's just a lot of people, I don't think, uh, I think the two 145-pounders just weren't, aren't like the biggest names. So uh, Top to bottom, great card. I missed the Dan Hooker fight. I heard it was a dominating decision. I like Dan Hooker. I don't know if Dan Hooker's also coming, but the news was that Adesanya is moving to the United States. They, they just can't train there enough. 
in New Zealand and Australia. So I think a lot of people looking to move to the States. I'm assuming Dan Hooker is going to be coming with Adesanya and I guess Volk. Like I, I'm, I'm assuming the whole team is going to move. Not sure. I think, they mentioned, I think they each mentioned something. So I think there's a chance that they all do move. Yeah. I guess we'll see. That's exciting. But I have to say the bantamweight fight with Marlon Marias versus Marab Balashvili, you need to watch that. Uh, if you liked Volk and Ortega, I, I would say this fight was better. Yeah, some people commented that because I said the third round of Volcourt Ortega was one of the best rounds in the last couple of years. And people are like, no, the even the round between Davashili and Dude, uh, okay, so there's was there was only two good. rounds of that fight. Both yeah. rounds were like the third round of the Volk fight. Yeah, yeah. You have to watch it. It's incredible. I, both fighters are incre- incredible. I, I picked Balashvili to finish and, I, and he did. Yeah, insane. Yeah, I did see the comeback. It was such an epic comeback because he was getting beat. Dude, and there was more. Just... Like, you should really, yeah, definitely take the time to watch it. If you're listening to this, there aren't, uh, there's certain fights I'll tell you, you must see. That one is one you must see. If, mm-hmm. th- if there's any fight on this card, I know a lot of people are going to watch like Volk Ortega or Diaz versus that. I would say of all the matches, that's the one you should watch. That would be my highest recommended fight. And definitely like probably of this last quarter. Okay. I loved it. I also think part of it was because Keith Peterson, the referee that people love to clown on, like drugs, (laughs) alcohol, smells like smoke, definitely looks like a guy that carries matches on him, you know, that type. (laughs) Yeah, he was refereeing. And just there were several moments I'm looking at Dorm like, he's going to let them die. (laughs) Like he just didn't. There were so many uncontested shots both ways where you're just like, oh, this fight's over. Why isn't he ending it? Why isn't he ending it? And then, like, sure enough, the other guy would eventually end up coming back. And you're like, there's several times it looked like maybe Marlon Moraes went out and then, like, the next punch brought him back in and then he was back into fight. I'm like, this is insane to watch. Yeah. But, yeah, I think partly it was just because of Keith Peterson's complete ignorance. I know. that it, I, Yeah, because there were parts even in the clips I saw. I was like, how did they not? You know, like very, very, very close. It, it, it was time. almost like, okay, so we talk about the difference between like a match and a fight sometimes. Okay, mm-hmm. this was a fight because there was basically no referee to make this a match. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Think of it like that. There was like. Shots to the back of the head. There's a lot of really crazy things that were happening. I'm like, yo, this this match is just unreft right now. And so someone's just going to get like really finished. Crazy. Yeah, it was nuts. But I mean, both fighters were all good in the end and stuff. So, hey, maybe Keith Peterson knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but as a spectator, I'm like, oh, my God, the whole match. Yeah, sometimes you got to let them fight. Sometimes it's good for them. And I think you have to like take the their past fights into account. So I don't know who they've yeah, fought. I'm definitely not mad. He let them fight. So and, uh, yeah, clearly he didn't knock him out, but it is like interesting how the ref's decision could change everything. Because I remember it reminds me of uh, the fight between Shane Carwin and Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. And remember that? the first round, the first round Carwin dominates Lesnar yep. and is fucking ground and pounding him. And they could have stopped the fight and they didn't. And then in between rounds, Shane Carwin just has an adrenaline dump. Like he used all his energy in that ground and pound. Mm-hmm. And then Brock just takes him down and uh, arm triangles him. What, if, the, if, if it was another ref and they stopped the fight, no one would have complained. 
at the stop yes. of the fight. They'd be like, oh, he yes. dominated. And so it's like interesting just how many careers of championships, like trajectories could change with a referee's decision. The, yeah. Yeah. Referee's decision. For sure. Interpretation. All right. But, so uh, I should have asked yeah. this earlier, going back to Nick and Robbie, what do you think is next for each one of them? I feel like Rob should retire. I feel like that is such a great fight to retire on. It and is. He speaks clearly and he's smart. It's just he's also been through so many wars. I feel like I don't know I what think, else there is. And I, I think like he's probably going to wait around to see what other big profile matches he might get. Okay, yeah. Let's say that. I don't mean I was, like he has to retire. He just shouldn't yes. fight young killers. Like yes. there's no reason. Fight another Nick Diaz type that'll be right. fun and you get to train and like I, I was I expecting him to like take off his gloves at the end and retire in the ring. Mm. But the fact that he didn't, I'm like, you know what? That is a smart business play. You shouldn't retire in the ring. You should see what options spring up in the next year. And if nothing happens, okay, then you retire, you know, from home, you know? Yeah. And another old timer type guy, like somebody comes in. Great. Like, yeah. Take him on, you know? I'd like to see Nick Diaz fight like Diego Sanchez or something Ooh. like that. Like okay. some, I saw that on one of the forums. Like I don't want to see Nick Diaz get his ass kicked either. Like, but if he happened to be injured and there was a particular issue, then all right, let's have Nick go at it one more time. Like a Nick Diaz versus like a Carlos Condit or something. Condit just retired. I know, but that'd be yeah. Exactly. Th those three, like those people that are of the same generation, like I don't want to see them fight like a, a Kamzad or a. Oh yeah. You know, like yeah. like a stud welterweight. I mean, like, you know, Nick wanted Usman. Yeah, and that's what makes me think, like, dude, like, does he have CT? He's like, I really should be fighting Usman. And in my head, I'm like, you haven't fought in six years, and you haven't really won even before then, and you want to yeah, fight. Yeah, even, even those fights, like the last few fights was like once a year or two, and a lot of them weren't wins. So, yeah. And Usman would have murdered you, like yes. absolutely, like viciously killed you ground and pound you like yep. and the funny thing that diaz said too in one of the press conferences because he's like look if i win i should be fighting usman and he goes and and this is how you know nick diaz has changed he goes and if robbie wins he should fight usman and in my head i'm like robbie is like four and lost four of his last five you know and yeah but whatever it was sweet like you know he's hyping up his friends so i don't know i i would like to see robbie's a legend and a hall of famer and he had wars with like Rory McDonald and had some brutal knockouts too. And he's been fighting for like forever. I think I would say the same thing with Nick Diaz, but Nick hasn't fought in the last five years. And so I feel like maybe he has a slightly less wear and tear. And if he can get healthier, like, yeah, have a fun fight. Or I want to see Nick Diaz. Somebody said, oh, Nick Diaz lost. Good. Now he's ready for Jake Paul. So like even that mm. would be fun. I would definitely yeah, I enjoy wonder that. I wonder what was left of his UFC contracts. Like, I wonder what he still has on there. Maybe that's what he's doing. He's just fighting it out so he's free to do that would be whatever exhibition or bare knuckle or whatever it was that would interest in him. If anyone would fight Jake Paul right now, I feel like Nick Diaz would be fun. I just need Nick Diaz to train. So I'd rather Nate Diaz, like, you know, like maybe Nick Diaz with Nate Diaz's work ethic right now. Mm. Because everybody has been saying that Nick Diaz has been partying and. But he still did throw 350 punches in three rounds and dude, yeah. Weathered the storm. Like he looked like he was like somewhat comfortable beat by Lawler. Yeah. And then I so 
So let's go. Let's say, look, what's next for Volkanovski and Ortega? I feel like Ortega's got to rest after that beating, and Volk oh, has yeah. to wait to see what happens with Holloway and Yair Rodriguez. Yeah, I mean, he'll probably reverse the winner, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which would be crazy that, you know, you have a guy that's beaten the other guy two times and they verse a third time. I'm not sure I've seen that. Uh, yeah, with BJ Penn, Frankie Edgar. Oh, yeah, that's right. And that didn't work out well. But with that one, BJ Penn, most people believe, won the first fight and Frankie Edgar won the second fight, even though Frankie. Yeah, I mean, you could say that most people thought Max won that second fight with Volk. So Exactly, which is yeah. why I think it's going to make sense and it could sell. Like That's Anybody that did watch that fight felt I'll that. watch them fight anytime. They can fight fucking five times. I don't care who if he's winning the whole time. I'll watch them every time. Yeah, I really just... I want Max to win it, though. Max is just so people's champ. easy to love. Yeah. Yeah, and another people's champ is Dustin Poirier. Mm. A lot of people have been talking shit about Charles Oliveira. Not like talking shit, but Justin Gagey's like, yeah. he was like saying, I think Poirier's champion. And then Poirier was like, no, Oliver's earned everything. And so I got to beat him. And it's just like another, like, of course, everybody loves Poirier. You know, everybody yeah. loves Holloway. It's so they just do the right thing. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm a little disappointed about Aljamain Sterling not being able to fight Peter Yan. I, I uh, never really. Okay. So not that I never really believed he was going to fight him. I didn't think like that. But I just never, I just don't think he has a chance after seeing what Yan did to him in the first fight. So, like, I was never looking forward to that fight to begin with. So, if he pulls out, I'm like, that's fine. Jan's going to fight someone else for the interim title. But that's going to be the real title. So, there's, there's two, like, slight, like, little schools of thought. There was an episode or something where Aljo said something about how his neck is still lingering. And Peter Jan was like, I know you're going to back out of this fight. Like he, he, like, he called him a bitch and he goes, I already know you're planting the seeds to back out of this fight. Yep. And yeah, anybody that watched that fight saw that Aljo gave a good performance, but by the end, Peter was dominating and was going to murder him. And Aljo was avoiding the fight by putting his hands on the ground and trying to use the rules. And then Peter Jan fucked up and kneed him right in the head. And then Aljo took that as a win. And yeah, fine. According to the rules, like that is a win. But people that were watching the fight were like, that wasn't like you were hiding from the fight at that moment. And mm-hmm. Peter Jan fucked up. But Aljo did have neck surgery. And so is this just a series of unfortunate events where it just makes Aljo look really bad? Or yes. is Aljo scared? Could be both. I guess it could be both. I personally don't like Aljo a little bit now because like he was fighting with like Matt Sarah. And I think Matt Sarah is just like such a lovable dude and like trained you since you were like first coming into the sport. Like I don't know. To me, like, how do you hate somebody that not hate? I'm sorry. I don't think they hate each other. I'm making shit up. But like, how do you kind of disrespect like such a lovable dude like Sarah that like made yeah. you who you are? You know, like that kind of makes me think like you are a little bit misguided. And somebody was saying like right after he did get the belt, like he acted all humble, like, oh, maybe I don't really deserve it. But then he was like calling out Henry Cejudo. Like, what are you doing, bro? Like, you're so tone yeah. deaf. Like, you do deserve hate for that like and even if that neck thing is like a legit injury and you aren't scared of peter jan and this is truly for your health you have to realize some of your kind of dumb actions in the past are going to make people not trust you yep so 
but then also I understand, hey, you have friends and family that want to just take a picture with you and you having the belt. So I get if they post those pictures, but like, shouldn't you have enough class to kind of just be like, all right, this is. Yeah. I'm in the record books, but I don't need to flaunt it. I don't know. I just kind of wish he went full heel, if anything. Just pretend you're the bad guy, pretend you're the champion, that everybody else sucks, and do this. And I would kind of love you're it. You're never going to get it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, like, I would love that. I would respect that way more than like half humble, but half like, no, I am the right champion. And then like, mm-hmm. no, maybe I should fight Corey Sanhagen. Like, dude, Peter Young's a beast. Like, just call it for what it is, you know? Yeah. I mean, so here, here's the benefit is it seems like Peter Jan's going to fight Corey Sanhagen for the interim title. Mm-hmm. What's cool is like if Sanhagen does win, be a big win, but if he does win, then that Aljamain rematch is kind of cool because Aljamain finished him quick. Yeah. And then if it's Peter Jan, then we still have the... like So Aljo has it really set for him. Like he has a good story, a good buy, like everything right now. So it kind of makes a- sense. He's like, yeah, I don't have to fight Peter Jan. I might be able to fight Corey Sanhagen. And he's like, I like my chances against Sanhagen again, probably a lot more than Peter Jan. It could all just be a ploy. It's a smart business decision. It it's is. just, it's just like a little like annoying because like of his past social media posts and like yep. his like arrogance with it, where it's mm-hmm. like, all right, come on. Like you don't deserve to be able to do that. I hope they kind of just strip him of the interim belt. Like, you know, like if it, it is a while and, and that way, look, you're good. You got on the record books for a year. You're a champion for a year without really fully deserving it. You know, like, I don't know. I'm not a fighter. So like, I, I hate like putting down these people like a little bit, but it's also like, I just don't think I would have acted that way for other people. Like, you know, like you don't, it's like you hit the ball and it doesn't go, it's not going to go over the fence, but the fan reaches under and like grabs it, you know? And so it's like cheating, but it's still a home run. I would never be like, oh yeah, I hit a home run. I'd be like, I got a lot of help. Like, you know, like I yeah. would admit, I would admit that luck. Like, why wouldn't you? Like, I feel like I'm honest enough to do that. And I just, or at least I would play it off. Like, oh no, that was a great home run. Greatest home run of all time. Like, you know, yeah, like turn yeah. it into a joke. I just feel like Aljo is like a little bit of a dick. Like it's like he's coming off very cringy and not in the fun type of cringe like Cejudo. So mm-hmm. anything else about that card or anything else? Yeah, I'm uh, I thought it was a very good card. I feel like it got us ready for the fall, but I'm a little worried about injuries. Like now that that Aljo thing happened, like I was excited for so many fights and now I'm like, oh, I hope some of these don't fall through. There's a lot of fight nights coming on before we have the next UFC, I believe. Mm-hmm. Like the next one is Thiago Santos versus uh, Johnny Walker. Uh, and then you Collins have uh, Vittori Kyle. versus Costa. Yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, you have Mackenzie Dern versus Mariana Rodriguez, Marina Rodriguez. That's the main event? Uh, wow, okay. Saturday the 16th, ha- Holly Holmes month. Andre mm. Arlovsky, the Eternal. And you have wow. another, then you have another fight night. So there's a fight night each time. And then you have back-to-back pay-per-view, like uh, pay-per-view quality, UFC 267, Blockovich versus Teixeira. Most probably Jan versus Sanhagen, October 30th, 268. The very next week in MSG, New York, Evington yeah. versus Wei Li Zhang and Justin Gaethje versus. Yep. That's the big, 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 big one. Yep. And I'm, I'm hoping to like see when uh, Kamzad is fighting. I'm curious when they're going to set Masvidal Edwards up. That would be exciting. Whitaker versus uh, Adesanya. Like, yep. there, there are things in the pipeline that I hope uh, come out. Oh, and also in that. Uh, 
MSG card, Sean Strickland versus Luke Rockhold. That might be the fight I'm most mm. looking forward to in the next like three months. That's like a big one. That's a fun fight. If Luke, if Luke Rockhold was good, I feel like he'd be the type of person that would be Adesanya's kryptonite. People say that, yeah. Like a really good wrestler, grappler, tall. Similar. Yeah, let's not forget how Luke ended up getting out, though. He was getting finished. Yeah, rough. knocked out. Yeah, I'm saying a good. And it was a while ago too. So like, while while, while peak Luke is super dangerous, I don't know what to expect from him coming back. And Frankie Edgar versus Marlon Vera. That'd be a fun fight. Mm. I love Frankie. I like when Frankie takes on up and coming prospects, like wipes him out. It just gives me the yeah. Oh, and uh, Rafael Dos Anjos is also out of UFC 267. He was supposed to fight Islam Makachev. And I want to see Makachev again against somebody good. I was kind of looking forward to that fight. So, What happened yeah, to I RDA? Hope, I hope he just was like hurt. Damn. He has an injury, yes. That would have been a really good fight. Is tomorrow the day that gym opens by you? Oh, yeah. I, sh- I, sh- I should hype it up. So, um. There's a new gym opening up on Staten Island, new Brazilian jiu-jitsu gym. It's from uh, the head instructor of Henzo Gracie Bay Ridge. A lot of good. uh... So there's a new gym that's opened up on Staten Island. It's called Richmond County Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It's from uh, the owner of Henzo Gracie Bay Ridge, Edgar Shutan. And one of the instructors is going to be a black belt, John Burke, who just has an amazing jiu-jitsu game and who I love learning from. And, is just like a beast of a competitor and trainer and friend. I feel like I love the advice he gives. It applies to jujitsu, but it also just applies to like self-defense in general. They're opening tomorrow. First classes are free. I think the jujitsu class starts at 6.30 p.m. But Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, 8 p.m. gi on Tuesday, 8 p.m. gi on Thursday, 7 p.m. gi on Friday, and Saturday, 1.30, no gi. And it's at 2000 Highland Boulevard. I think that's like close to Midland, Jefferson Avenue. First class is free. You should definitely check it out. And there's a woman's self-defense class Saturdays at 11 a.m. Yeah, when I went to Henzo Gracie Bay Ridge, just really, really good people there. Good training partner, strong fit, but also just kind. Uh, Yeah, you can get out and come see me. I actually offered my students uh, extra credit if they went to the gym (laughs) and uh Five points just for taking a jujitsu class, and then 20 points if they get to tap me out. <laughs> that, and then uh, your girlfriend's gonna try jujitsu, and then you're gonna get Greg to get into jujitsu. Maybe Andy will follow suit. You're spreading, yeah. I don't have much faith in Andy to tell you the truth. I feel <laughs> like it's been many years in the making, and so nice. sometimes with Andy, I don't know if it's like I should be like, Yo, should I nudge you or shove you? You know, right? And, and part of me now is like, All right, I think I've tried both multiple times, so now it's just like shame, maybe. No, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, but hopefully when he's ready, he'll do it. But definitely, I want to get Greg in. I think with my girlfriend, I told her, Come watch the first day, yeah, so you kind of get like mentally into it. Um, but maybe like where the right clothes so we could just roll a little after mm-hmm. and then and then the next time i think she's, and i think it'll be good i'd say first just, time don't even roll just drill yeah just a play basically is what i mean by like roll you know like let's gotcha. just have some fun and i always use the example of dancing like 
people that dance bad are great dancers because they're trying you know i mean <laughs> you know what i mean they're not trying they're just moving and that's what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. and so sometimes i feel like yeah just go play like wrestle like little baby lions you know like have a good time see what feels natural see what doesn't get used to like some little mat burns you know mm. and then and then after like a few weeks you're like oh okay cool this is you know and then you start drilling and doing everything yeah so i'm kind of hoping but yeah, I mean, each person's different. So I'm excited to see what you And I'm excited cool. to definitely roll with Greg. And uh, yeah, just see some old friends because Henzo Gracie, Staten Island shut down during the pandemic. So I think like a, there's a, there are some other schools on Staten Island that were like waiting to come that felt right. And so this kind of feels right. And nice. Yeah. If you're listening and you kind of know me, you should definitely hit me up. Phone number 718-966-3131. And I'll send you the flyer for uh, the gym. And yeah, we should roll. Look at this guy giving his number. Last week, you gave your address. I did give my address. I think you did. Yeah. Yeah, I have no fear of anyone. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm like, yo, whatever, man. Just fucking you. If you can kill me, do it. <laughs> man, I, I thought about like the vaccine. Like so many, so many people were like worried about the vaccine. They're like, yo, did you take the vaccine? And I was like, yeah, I took the vaccine in March. I was like one of the first people to take the vaccine. And in my head, I'm like, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die anyway. Like, I don't care. You know, like, whatever, I'll be. So if somebody really wants to steal something or hurt you, like, I don't think giving the address is going to be the final nail, you know? Maybe. There's some sick people out there, man. I don't know. Oh, like, now the now that they have my address, they're like, good. If they wanted to get my address, they could have always like, fucking yes, had my address. now. Yeah. Now I can't yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel that way about like online hacking too. Like if they want to get me. They, they oh, that's for it. sure. Right. But yeah, I, I'm really excited about this gym. And actually the son of Edgar Chutan, his name is uh, Sebastian, was actually one of my geography students. And we Crazy. got to bond over jujitsu before every class too. So it'll be fun rolling with him. He's, he's like this just amazing blue belt because he's been fucking probably doing jujitsu from the womb, you know? But it's like I love rolling with like these young kids and kind of helps. Nice. I rolled with someone recently where it was like their birthday. I'm like, oh, how old are you? He goes, 21. Oh, my God. It's like, damn, I could be your father, dude. <laughs> That's crazy. This guy I regularly train with. Dang. Dude, there was, there was a Reddit jujitsu post, Reddit RBJJ. Mm-hmm. And someone was like, "Yo, I'm 23. Like, am I? Is it like too late for me to do jujitsu?" Oh, I and see then, that all the time. And every comment was like, "Yo, fuck you! <laughs> Just like you yep. piece of shit. Like, yep. I'm 38. Like, I'm 42. Like, you piece of shit. Like, don't even come in here with that talk. You know, you're so young." That so. guy at the gym recently was like, "Yeah, I think it's part of being older and stuff." He was talking about, like an injury he had. I'm like, "How old are you?" I just turned 28. Oh my god, peak. <laughs> I think it's because we looked somewhat young, so people just think we're like their same mm-hmm. age, and I'm like way old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I also try to remember because I've rolled with some like 47 year olds that are like little like pit bulls, and I love it. So I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, good. That gives me like confidence. Like I could be like the same. Yeah, man. I'm I know some by badass 60 year old black belts, man. They're pretty fucking sick. Yeah. Yeah, Richmond County Jiu Jitsu. I'm hoping that's the new home. <laughs> and shout out to Thrive G- BJJ. That was like the mini home in between with uh, my friend Matt, who just had a baby and who's like the head trainer. So if you're looking for a CrossFit gym in Staten Island, go to Thrive. And as well as Nino and Eric, shout out to you guys. You guys were dope during the pandemic where we get to roll together. And so now hopefully uh, 
like a role against some of these other dudes. Nice. I had my guys today do catch wrestling instead of jujitsu. What did they think? Actually, we did we did like some flow wrestling drills for a long time, and then we did some catch wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I think they took away kind of the same ideas that I think ha- I have. I guess again, catch wrestling. They're like, dude, the intensity of catch wrestling is way higher and like way more urgency. I'm like, yes, for sure. They're like, but I felt like I gave up my back a lot. And I'm like, yep, for sure. That's the pros. That's the cons. Mm. That's what it is. Yeah, there's always there's always a cost to no matter what you're doing. Correct. I think the pros of catch is still more valuable than the con. I mean, if you're, it, I mean, it depends on what you're doing for martial arts, right? Like if you're just doing sport jujitsu for jujitsu's sake, you don't need to learn catch because catch is just going to give you some bad habits. Might teach you some cool subs, but some subs aren't going to be applicable. And yeah, it's just going to give you some bad habits, like kind of like how wrestling can. Um, freestyle mm-hmm. wrestling can give you some bad habits, like just giving up your back to avoid the pin. Mm-hmm. Um, catch wrestling is going to do that. And half of, I'd say half of catch wrestling subs are from someone that goes belly down, which is not going to be very applicable in jujitsu. But mm. MMA wise, when, when your back hits the floor, you go bonker. It's a good habit. Yeah, you should go bonker. Mm-hmm. I'm always trying to do that now. I don't, I haven't done jujitsu in like a month and a half, but I, I want to start going with this mentality. And that's why I'm excited that this gym has boxing. Like, Just find some guys to do MMA together. rounds with. And I don't yeah. want to get comfortable being on the box. That was one thing I loved about Burke. Because Burke saw me once, like, kind of just sit. And he goes, stop fucking sitting. He's like, always be on top. Always be attacking, you know? Mm. Like, and I was like, mm. all right, thank you. And I needed that intensity. I needed, like, somebody to just say, why are you doing that? Like, uh-huh. come on, man. Just Why would you let someone do that? And I was like, okay, fine. Like, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, sometimes what I found with those guys is they were giving up their back. I mean, you're going to give up your back. Like, let's say you get taken down into a half guard or side control, you don't really care about underhooks too much. Like you're going to expose your back just so you can get back to standing. Mm-hmm. You do this in MMA too. Like you don't mm-hmm. want to be on bottom, right? Like I'd much rather give up my back than get mounted. Right? Like mm-hmm. for sure in MMA. But what they aren't equipped with is like that wrestling mentality of grand being and rolling like real quick and knowing when to do that. So I think if I just taught them a little bit more like catch style, they'd be all right. I, I see no downside and learning different types of yeah yeah it was a fun rule set it's annoying though the pin is weird because there is a three count pin you know that there's a ref like a judge has to do it and i was doing it for them and there's a lot of one counts on the pins and stuff it's, it's interesting mm. oh, I, I didn't know any of that stuff yeah it's, think of it like professional wrestling but real <laughs> that's basically the rules catch is catch can it was fun though. And we were only doing like 90 second rounds and they were like, dude, this is way harder than the seven minute rounds we do. Yep. All right. I have to do catch wrestling with you next time. <laughs> I mean, wrestling, I think is always the most tiring thing. Unless you're versing a really good striker. Then I think that might get more tiring. It depends. I didn't do so much wrestling, but we would do wrestling at the Sambo gym. And I love that wrestling class. But for some reason, when I do, like if it's just boxing for two minutes, like I don't really get that tired. Or it's just like wrestling for two minutes. I don't get that tired because I just feel like that's the game. But then when it's like all three, I get mad tired. Mm. Yeah, it so is. Like, 
Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then it's like, my brain is like nervous. And that's the part that fucks me up where it's like, when my brain's not nervous, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'll get taken down, whatever. I'll take you down, whatever. Like, it's more just like, yeah, like a game. Mm. But yeah, I'm excited to get back into the game. Catch up. Get oh, that's good. Next time we talk, we should hear some things about it. Okay, we'll do. We'll do favorite sub. <laughs> right, right now, what is your favorite sub? What are you working wrist, on? Wrist lock. The wrist lock still. I was even like, so, I've been on like a real like big streak with wrist locks. Like I'm catching them like not only just every person, but like multiple times a roll, and like people are just like, "Yo, what the fuck?" And uh, uh-huh. and like when other people see me do it, it's like this whole. I don't know. It's like this whole act where it's like someone else sees me hit someone else and they're like, oh, of course, you know, like it just becomes like the, its own like life now, you know? And so it just, it pushes me, it provokes me to do more. But I was telling them, I'm like, look, a wrist lock is unique because you can get it from every position. Doesn't matter if you're in a bad position, a good position, top, bottom, standing, that like wherever you are, there is a wrist lock there. Now they're not high percentage, especially at first they're super low percentage but you use it to make your next move right Mm -hmm. and you learn and because they're everywhere you get so many reps of practice with them if you go for them right Mm -hmm. like i don't have to wait to set up like you know this anaconda choke or something like there are some moves that only have certain instances in which you can apply them now the wrist lock so many and so i think like it sucks at first because you're like, oh, it's low percentage. You're going for it a lot. But because you're going for it a lot, you're getting so many reps out of it. You get better at it. And then all of a sudden, you can make it a higher percentage. And they're everywhere. So it's going to seem like you're just tapping everybody with wrist locks. That's where I'm at. All right. I'm going to have to investigate the wrist. Yeah. And I feel like so they I... take the least to finish. Like I've My never had to is... like go hard on a wrist lock. My favorite is the Dars, though. The Dars is... I-, I love me a good Dars, too, man. Yeah. Oh, the rear, the rear naked just feels good. By the way, did you see that video of the bouncer rear naked, rear naked choking Dylan Dennis? I sure did. That was awesome. It was. And I think Tom, I don't know if he's a student of Tom DeBloss. I think he shout is. Out to, shout out to Tom DeBloss because he commented on our post about him. So like mm-hmm. that, was, that was cool of him. But um, Tom DeBloss was like, oh, yeah, you, you train for free. For like a year. Like, it was like so awesome. I was like, yes, like that's what you need to do. You need to create an army of decent people to fuck up bad people. And I, I feel like if Tom the Boss is doing that, like that's awesome. We, we have to try to like sit in on one of his uh, classes at Ocean County or it's Ocean, Ca- I think it's Ocean County Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's a pretty awesome Jiu-Jitsu. story that Dylan Dennis is like a Jiu Jitsu world champion, probably the worst striking in MMA. I mean, I guess he's gotten better, but it's pretty bad. He talks the biggest game online. So to see him get choked out by some bouncer, I mean, this bouncer did train. He wasn't untrained, but to see him choke out Dylan Dennis is like, whoa, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's also who knows how drunk Dennis was, if there's other bouncers that helped him get to the ground and then like, you know, like did it. Dude always seems like a jerk. He's such a jerk, Dylan Dennis. Dylan Dennis became famous because he was Conor McGregor's uh, jiu-jitsu instructor for mm-hmm. like some point or sparring partner he just kind of took on mcgregor's personality of being a dick and in fact dylan danis was a student of um, marcelo garcia and marcelo garcia actually kicked dylan danis out of his gym even though he was one of his highest black belts ever or like second black belt and 
Marcelo Garcia is the nicest guy in the sport. Like he's up there with Bernardo Faria. Like everybody loves Marcelo Garcia. And the fact that Marcelo Garcia is like, you have to leave the gym is like such a condemnation on who you are as a person. Yeah. yeah maybe. I don't know. Marcelo Garcia has some real weird rules. I forget what it was, but there's some moves that Marcelo Garcia is like, no, not in this gym. Okay. But I don't think that's the reason he kicked. Dylan Dennis out. Fair. Yeah. There could be he a kicked lot him, of reasons. He kicked him out for his guy. personality and yeah. for like creating division in the gym and not being a good man. Yeah. It's so like, that's what I like. I really respected about that. Um, I don't think it was like the game stuff because I think he respected Dennis's game. I think a lot of people did a little bit, but now he's just like a 2 0 fighter that is commenting on every. He's bigger on Instagram than he is in the sport. Yeah. So, yeah, him getting choked out by a Tom DeBlossa student, like a bouncer, and like that being on the internet and like people commenting on it. I was like, all right, that was maybe the best story of the week. That was fun to watch. Yep, it was. I think we can end on that note. Okay, cool. Thanks for listening to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast. If you have any questions, suggestions, or if you would like to fight us, send us a DM on Instagram at philosophy underscore fighting.